Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 155. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit like, follow, or subscribe on the platform you're listening to us on. You can also check out my work at the loudest.com on the planet, knac.com, for exclusive hard rock and heavy metal interviews, live show coverage, and more. My guest for this episode is vocalist Nick Workman of the UK hard rock act Vega. Vega is set to release their eighth studio album, Battle Lines, on September 8th through Frontiers Music. And here's Nick Workman to tell you more about it. If I knew absolutely nothing about Vega, how would you describe the band's music to me? Oh, that's a good question. Um, very melodic. It rocks. And it's got various flavors from classic bands like your Def Leppards, Bon Jovi's, maybe a little bit of Guns N' Roses, a bit of U2. It's got little bits of flavors, but then it's got something that's a bit unique about it as well, I guess. But it rocks. That's the main thing. Absolutely. And you have a... Your eighth studio album, Battle Line, set for release on September yeah. 8th through Frontiers Music. Uh, this was co-written by you and your drummer, Pete Newdeck. Uh, yeah. I assume that you guys collaborate on both the lyrics and the music, or does he do the music, you do the lyrics? It's mainly the fact that he came up with the music. I mean, Billy came up with uh, one of the songs as well, and um, Marcus and him and even Mart came up with a few riffs here and there but for the most part myself and pete pete came up with some music and then I, i'd come up with it's kind of how all the Vega albums have been really someone would come up with the music and then i come up with the vocal melodies and lyrics uh, but on this album as well though um i've been making suggestions musically to pete and he'd be coming up with vocal ideas as well nothing was off the table so it was great because there'd be a song like love to hate you we went through three choruses before we thought oh, it's just the song's got so much potential, but it's just not there yet. And then Pete came up, he said, I'm going to put in this other chorus music from another song he was working on. Uh, and he did that. And then we both came up with vocal ideas for the chorus. And it's like, wait a minute. I said to him, if we put that bit there and that bit there, and we basically smashed together both of our chorus ideas to create the chorus that we've got. So it's fantastic. Yeah, it's just, it, we had a great chemistry between us, myself and Pete. And um, like I said, we just, we, we had, because he's got his own studio, we had the luxury that we could keep chopping and changing songs around to get them to a point where we think, that's it, it's done, it's done, we're happy with that. So it, it, was, it was a really easy process, we didn't struggle at all. And you entrusted Pete in producing the album as well, I'm pretty sure you yeah. usually use an outside producer. We do, we do. Um, when Pete first came in the band, um, but he came when we did Grit Your Teeth, but he, hadn't, he wasn't part of that recording process. So um, the reason why we've always used outside people is because we've always thought no one person should really have that much control over it because you kind of force your own agenda a little bit of your own personal taste. And when it came to Anarchy and Unity, it was I had that conversation with Pete because he he recorded that album, but we had someone else mix it. And there was a couple of times when Pete would make changes and send it to us, say, oh, I've done this, I've done that. And I was like, mate, see, just because you have that, you have the studio and the files in front of you, it doesn't sit right with us. With any, well, it doesn't sit right that you would change. And he didn't do it to be an asshole. 
he's just creative. You know, he just wanted to try stuff. Uh, and I said, yeah, that's, and that's the reason why we've always had someone outside of the band mix it because it takes that issue out of things. It just, we get an outside pair of ears and eyes doing something that's just, it just keeps things, keeps the uh, happy equilibrium, if you like, no, for no other reason than that. But when it came to this album, Pete and I spoke early on about it and we said, you know what, I think because, you know, there's a lot of maybe cooks, not spoiling the broth, but there's a lot of cooks contributing to the broth previously. And for the most part, this is Pete and myself. So I was in the studio for a lot of times with Pete and he did an amazing job producing it. And there's a couple of times where I'd, I thought I'd, I'd be making my suggestions as well about the album. So Pete produced it, but he certainly was not closed off to um ideas about this bit or that bit and change this bit change that bit I, you know i i kept saying like i just want to feel the kick drum i don't want to just hear it i want to feel it in my chest and you know so he you know it yeah he's done a great job and yeah he'll be doing it going forward a lot i should think yeah well let's talk about some of the songs that you've put out ahead of the album's release mm. let's talk about the single heroes and zeros uh was there something yeah. particular that inspired the lyrics to that song well, you know what, you, you see all these um, um, stories on the news there of people who maybe stepped up and helped someone in need. And then there's, you know, and then maybe we all have, you know, since all these Marvel super movies and DC movies, there's all these heroes. And maybe we all have, probably maybe blokes, we all have to, yeah, I'd step up if I ever needed to. If those terrorists, I'd be there. I'd be a bar. But when it comes down to it, how many of us would and how many of us would be cowering in the corner? And it really is just that kind of thing. It's a case of we all want to be the hero, but would we be? When 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 it came to the crunch, would we be? And it is just that. It's just a play on that, really. You know, it would be in all essence, it's just a cracking rock song. It just reminds me a little bit about the of the cult. And yeah, I don't know, it's just yeah, it's just something about I just love it. It's probably what we're gonna open the live set with when we play live as well. Another great song from the album is the title track "Battle Lines." What uh, was mm. your thought process with the lyrics on that one? With that one on the lyrics, um, it's a case of the fact that sometimes you have to take things all the way down to to to, to zero to build them back up. Sometimes things need to be broken to be rebuilt, and you shouldn't be afraid to do that. I mean, most people that know me say that I'm one of the most positive people that they know, and that isn't. It's, it's not necessarily blind optimism, although that is part of it. But sometimes it's the fact that I'm not afraid to acknowledge the fact when things are, sh are shit. That if you once you've accepted something shit, you can start to do something about it. And so it's about not kidding yourself. It's about you know what we need to have this argument. We need to clear the air. Let's just take the gloves off. Say what you want to say. Let's get it done and dusted, and let's move on from there. One of my favorite tracks is 33s and 45s. I'm mm. a vinyl collector myself, so I'm assuming that there you, you are as well. Yeah, I'm re you know what? I foolishly sold, not all of my collection, but I sold some of it a while ago when I didn't have anything to play it on. And it's like, well, it's a, it's a dead thing now, but it, it was my, my memories. It was my childhood. That's what I started by. So I'm actually now buying it again, re rebuying 
albums that I had on vinyl. My daughter, she's um, she's a, an avid vinyl collector as well, now, so I've passed the bug on to her. And it was it's also about the fact that um, uh, we as my, I don't have a problem with streaming per se. I have a problem with the fact that it, the money it pays to the artists is awful. It's terrible. You know, the, you've got the actors and writers on strike at the moment because of pay over streaming. So, yeah. Can musicians do this? Probably not. You know, not certainly the pe- bands of our level, you know. Um, and it is convenient. We all have it, or most of us have it, because it's convenient. You can find old songs that you used to listen to without having to buy stuff. But you can't beat that feeling of when you buy a new album. Uh, and I said this in another interview as well. I used to love it as a you know, when back in the day, you get a new album, whether it's cassette or violent, and, and you get you'd be listening to the album from start to finish in the order that the band wanted you to listen to it, and you the smell of the album cover, the fresh ink, the fresh print is all there. It's just amazing. You know, I remember on the cassettes, you know, you knew when it was a Geffen label cassette because you had the they just had a certain look about the side of the cassette, didn't it? Uh, and I know that's not vinyl, but it's just that kind of thing. And I look at the statistics on Spotify and other streaming and people just don't listen to full albums anymore. They don't have the attention span because I look at all of our statistics and the first song on the album gets the most plays. And as you go down the list, they get fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer until the last song. So on this album, I think, is it God Save the King or God Be You? You know, they won't get as many plays as anything else on the album. (laughs) Unfortunately, you do have some physical media for old guys like me and you that still like the media. I, yeah, I think, absolutely. Yeah. I think the record industry is probably going to ruin vinyl like they ruin CDs because I keep seeing the prices go higher and higher and oh, higher from the big well, label. Well, as you know, this album's a double album we've done. It's a double red vinyl. But what we have done is we have added a track to the vinyl that is not on the CD. And it's not on any, it's not going to be on any digital platform. So there's a track called Too Much Too Soon. And we thought, let's encourage it. So there's a song called Too Much Too Soon. It's only on the vinyl. That's the only place you're going to hear it for that reason, just to try and encourage it. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, You have a new bass player, Mart Trail. Uh, How did did you get Mart in the band? Uh, Pete knows him. He's he's recorded with him in in previous bands. Uh, Mart was he's kind of more of a session player really he's played in a lot of bands so this is the first band for a while where i think he's been a bit of a full-time member and he loves i mean he's 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 like the jason Newstead of the band we bully him you know <laughs> but we have a great time you know it's all in good fun you know we don't do anything too much <laughs> but uh, he fits in the band brilliant we have a really good time as a band um whenever we play live Mark, I love it because Mark has this thing where he runs from side to side on the stage and me and I have this game where I always block him. I always stop him and it's just like this cat and mace between myself and Mark on stage. It's good fun. <laughs> you used to have a keyboardist in the band. You chose not to go with a keyboardist after your old one departed. Uh, yeah. Why did you choose that? Um, well, I'd say only half of the album has keyboards on them if, in a, of any note on this time around. Um, and we replace keyboard parts with guitar parts, you know, but a lot of it, in all honesty, was very much a financial decision. We're down to a five piece and 
it just makes hotels travel this day and age it's so hard and expensive for bands you know a lot of bands cancel tours because they just can't make it work financially and the and the saving that we make by not having that is insane it really is and we it, for me as a singer it's great because pete now plays to a click track because the only thing that we have on tape now is is keyboards so they still are there because there's some important songs that have important keyboard lines that we can't do without but we we had to make that decision based on the financial situation where we can't afford to do it we, you know if we want to keep doing this we have to make some sort of cutback as with any business and that's what happened uh, this album's being released on your longtime label, Frontiers Music. How did you originally sign with the label? Um, with the first album, um, Tom and James were, were in-house writers for Frontiers for a while. And then they said to them, look, we want to do our own album. Um, and they got me involved. And originally it was going to be a project. But after we wrote the first two songs, which is Into the Wild and Kiss of Life, we knew that this was going to be a proper band. So they that first album kind of wasn't necessarily reminiscent of what we were going to become. What the hell was kind of the evolution of the band and really the start of who we, who we were going to become as a band. Um, so yeah, it started off as what Frontiers thought was going to be another AOR project, but it became a real band. And, and in some degrees, a bit of a pain in their ass, you know, cause we, we sort of, we just do what we do. You know, we're not traditionally like, you know, your, your standard AOR band. We, we've got a lot of different sort of textures and flavors in there that come from other influences. And certainly Frontiers has grown since that time period. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. All sorts of different artists now. Absolutely. Because originally they didn't have What the Hell. They didn't like the demos for What the Hell, so we, we left them. Uh, but then we, we re-licensed it back to them for the third album. Uh, as well um, and that, but like I said I think had had it been now they probably would have been alright with it but at the time they were after something specific Vega's going to be heading out on a UK tour September through October with Kim Jeanette uh, this isn't going to be the first time you guys have hit the road with the new material right? Uh, no I mean, I mean we, we always hit the road with the new album you know, until we always tour with it and it's going to be a very much a, a new album head the set list absolutely we can't wait to play that um the uk seen this live a lot so we don't want to just give them the same set list every time so you know there's a lot of new songs that can be in the set you know we're, we're rehearsing more new songs than we need because we'll maybe chop and change them just switch a few in and out um and yeah i mean we, we were one of the first bands to go out there with our group the teeth album when when everything started to relax a little bit with covid um, and that was a tough talk. And even now, I don't think the smaller venues have fully recovered from COVID. I think a lot of our fan base, you know, they're not getting any younger, you know, and these <laughs> venues, they're not as nice as they used to be, maybe. And it's tough out there for those size venues, you know. But a, a Vegas show is always good fun. We always We always look like we're having fun on stage, and that's because we are. That's where we want to be. That's what we do it for. Has Vega ever played in the United States, like at a festival or on a cruise? No, no. And this is the thing, because we're doing a lot of US press at the moment. It's something we're desperate to do, desperate to do. But, you know, none of us can afford to make a massive loss on doing this anymore, as much as festivals can't either. So, what you know, we no festival is going to break the bank, and we, we, we need to break even. 
So if we can get onto some sort of festival, like it's the Monsters of Rock Cruise or some other festival like that, and if we can make it work so that none of us can't make, pay the bills, then we'll be there in a heartbeat. Do you ever get asked to work on any of these Frontiers All-Star projects or get teamed up with somebody else? Uh, no. I, I, maybe that's because I've always been one of those people that's been very vocal that I think projects aren't a good thing because I think they dilute the market. You know, I don't think they're particularly... Um, there's a few cracking ones, I'm sure, out there. But they're done for... These people are getting paydays. You know, they're done to, to make some money and... I just think they dilute the market. And, and, you know, you wouldn't have had all these projects back in the day, in, in the heyday, would you? You wouldn't have had all these bands, you know, um, all these guitarists who are in about four or five different bands. It wouldn't have been. They'd have been in one band, you know? And so I'm a bit of a purist in that one. I've always spoken highly about it. Having said that, I'm not going to say I won't ever do that. I'm not getting any younger. And I enjoy singing and I want to sing while I can. So who knows? Maybe I will at some point. Maybe I'll just like, ah, be a hypocrite and do it. <laughs> have you ever considered doing something on your own under your own name rather than in a band environment yeah i just don't think nick Wormond would look good on a cd cover as a as a solo artist it just yeah it's not like john bon jovi is it it's like that flash <laughs> <laughs> nick Wormond. i don't know if it works but you know i no i like being in a band i like being in the band of brothers you know so it depends on the situation i, I live in sweden now and I've got a few friends in bands over here and they said, oh, we should do something. We should do something over here. And maybe I will, but Vague is always going to be my priority. I always thought you guys were a Swedish band, come to think of it, because <laughs> you were on the Frontiers label, one of the early bands. And and until I yeah. actually checked you out, I'm like, wait, these guys are from the UK. I like, I mean, to be honest with you, I, like I said, I live in Sweden now and um, most people think I am Swedish until I open my gob and then they go, oh, English. <laughs> so maybe we've got a bit of a Scandi look about us as well. <laughs> well, Nick, those are all the questions I have for you today. The new cool, Vega mate. album. The new Vega album is Battle Lines. It comes out September 8th, Frontiers Music. Great album. I wish you the best of luck with thanks, it. And I, I know it's much. late in Sweden, so thanks for joining me tonight to talk about it. Not a problem at all. Once again, I want to thank Nick Workman of Vega for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Battle Lines, out on September 8th through Frontiers Music. Head over to your favorite music streaming platform. Take a listen to what's available. If you like what you hear, buy a physical copy. Support the artist. For all things Vega, head over to their website, vegaofficial.co.uk. I also want to thank Dustin Hardman of Hardman Promotions and Frontiers Music for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. Discover your next favorite artist on the Rock is George podcast.